Hi there, I'm Zach Braff. And I'm Donald Faison. We're real-life best friends, but we met playing fake-life best friends, Turk and JD, on the sitcom Scrubs. 20 years later, we've decided to re-watch the series one episode at a time and put our memories into a podcast you can listen to at home. We're going to get all our special guest friends like Sarah Chalk, John C. McGinley, Neil Flynn, Judy Reyes. Show creator Bill Lawrence, editors, writers, and even prop masters will tell us about what inspired the series and how we became a family. You can listen to the podcast Fake Doctors, Real Friends with Zach and Donald on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. I'm Ray Harkins. You are downloading this beautiful podcast. I call it beautiful because, well, I'm not objective. I am very, very in the bag for this podcast because it's me and I enjoy doing it. <laughs> it's a hundred words or less. And we talk to people who are involved in independent music in some capacity, whether it's creating it, whether it's manufacturing it, whether it's promoting it. It's all this whole DIY thing. So thank you very much for caring about this and uh, yeah, just just checking it out on a week-to-week basis or maybe on like a, you know, I, I duck into one episode a month. That's fine. I, I, I like that you are here regardless. So we have a repeat guest. I tend to not do these, even though recently I've uh, been kind of dipping a little bit into it because people have come at me and said, hey, we haven't done an episode in like, uh, you know, six years. Should we redo that? And that's exactly what today is. Brendan Murphy, the vocalist from Counterparts and End and uh, Fresh Cut Flowers, his uh, project with, well, I guess it's kind of like a merch art aesthetic collective. Um, but anyways, Brendan, like I, I, I've been reposting old episodes occasionally on um, social media, just basically being like, hey, people that are new to the show, like how about you check out these uh, episodes from our quote unquote archives, as it were. And uh, yeah, so Brendan was like, hey, dude, it's been a long time since we chatted from a podcast perspective. And then I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, this is 2013 since we last spoke. And um, this was a very compelling conversation because I was basically able to go back to Brendan and talk to him more about, well, not even more, but just talk to him about the idea of like, hey, when I spoke to you this last time, your band was kind of just on the come up. You know, Maybe people started to recognize what they were doing. But now to be able to offer perspective and to be able to watch like, wow, yeah, that the, you know, things have been going well for the band. They've been, you know, launched on larger tours and put out more records and all that stuff. So it was a real, real interesting conversation. And then he was also able to reflect a lot on himself as a person. And it was a great, great chat. So thank you, Brandon. And hold on. I want to tell you some other things before we dive into the episode. Of course, of course, because this is my opportunity to talk to you. Because, like, you know, I talk to you once a week. I mean, sometimes I talk to some of you more than once a week because I actually know you. But um, I went to see Alexis on Fire. My friend's in Alexis on Fire, who, uh, I, I mean, I'm eternally uh, f- friends with these guys and have known them for, I don't know, going on 20 years. And we've played a lot of shows together and all that fun stuff. But, um, I was able to watch them. They played two nights at the Wiltern here in Southern California, which is a you know pretty pretty substantial venue. We're talking about, I don't know, maybe like a 2,000 cap room or something like that. So a lot of people. And they sold out both nights of this thing, which is unbelievable. And something that uh, I know, I mean, even having a discussion with them that evening, they were like, yeah, this is really weird. I did not expect this many people to show up. Like, you know, we had reasonable expectations for this, but this just kind of blew us away. And... 
it is really interesting to watch your friends do stuff on like pretty large scale. And whether that's like, you know, being successful in business and like success can mean so many different things to so many different people. And I just love being able to go into rooms of doesn't matter the size, but just watching people do what they love, interact in a communal space with people. It's just so cool. I, I love it. And so I was really proud of them. I know that sounds like a very dad-like thing to say, but I was very proud of them and uh, proud of everybody that uh, showed up to that show. It was a, a great show, and I had uh, a ton of fun seeing not only old friends, but just um, experiencing that event for what it was. And then plus, the Toronto Raptors went, won the NBA Finals that evening as well, and so it was it was funny. I was streaming the game on my phone like in the uh, the lobby while uh, you know we were waiting for them to go on. And, uh, you know, like three or four people kind of came over like, yo, are you streaming the game? Can, can I watch it with you? <laughs> I was like, of course, come on. It was fun. So what, a, oh yeah, I'm playing a show this weekend. If you are in the Southern California area, come to Chain Reaction, hang out, even though I, yeah, tickets are sold out, but I know that people are selling them on, you know, StubHub and other places like that. So, you know, to find a ticket, come on down. It would be fun. It's going to be a great show with Curl Up and Die and Seizures and Regional Justice Center. It is definitely the 100 Words or Less podcast evening because every person in every band, uh, I mean, not every band member has been on, but every band is appropriately represented in this podcast. So fun times. I look forward to it. And hopefully, um, you know, I don't hurt myself because, you know, I'm old. So jumping around, there's always a tendency to, you know, tweak an ankle or something. <laughs> but it'll be a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, that is that. So Brendan, like I said, was a really, really fun reflective chat. And here it is. That's what we're going to do right now. Put a fucking bullet in my head. I think I'm feeding into my back before you Well, this is uh, this is monumental, my friend, because, um, you know, we, we've become better friends since the last podcast, obviously. Um, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> but it, <laughs> there are certain people where I'm just like, well, I don't I don't know what I would like talk to them about again, because obviously, I, you know, just kind of showcase who people are and, you know, why they got attracted to this whole thing in the first place. Um, yeah, totally. But you, you, uh, you know, since we've continually grown closer as human beings, uh, and I've watched obviously the trajectory of your your band over the course of you know what what was it like? It was like five years ago, right? That we did that podcast, right? It was forever ago. I, I think honestly, I think six. I yeah. think like I think it was 2013 when we did it the first time. So it's been <laughs> it's been a while, right? So yeah, over the over the course of the six years, you know, a lot of a lot of things change as they do. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> and so like the. <laughs> I, this is going to sound like a super sarcastic, but like, you know, like people really like your band now. Not like they didn't like that six years ago, but like just the, sure, uh, sure. the, the passion and fervor that people have for counterparts now, um, is so much different than what it, what it used to be. Um, I, I guess this is probably Definitely. May, I, maybe <laughs> too broad of a question to start things off with, but like, what's kind of been, um, how do I handle the same? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you all about it. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I can't even go out yeah. anymore. Like, okay, how do you live? You can't even go to Trader Joe's anymore. They all recognize you. Uh, <laughs> but I guess. Oh, uh, sorry. No, it, dude, it's perfect. I love it. Um, sorry to interrupt. Go, go ahead. <laughs> you're like, sorry, I knew where you were going with this question. Um, yeah. But, but I guess what's been the most um, surprising thing for you? Because I mean, you know, you you can look at 
you know, kind of a, your, your step-by-step evolution, because clearly you're in the middle of it. But, you know, what do you kind of like look back on over the past couple of years where you're just like, man, this is weird. Like not even so much that, you know, more people are coming to your shows and people like your band, but just, you know, I get, I, maybe that's the most surprising thing that people like your band. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like tr- truly. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like the most, the most surprising thing that's, that sort of happened over the last six years is just the fact that we went from, I like, and I, I don't mean it in a bad way. It's not to say that we're not still, but I feel like when we talked before, like around that, like 2013 era, it was like, we, like we just put out Helen home, you know what I mean? So it's like, um, we, at that point we were kind of like, not necessarily like a, like a secret, you know what I mean? But it's like, we were, <clears throat> we were like, we weren't a very known band, especially being like Canadian and coming from like, you know, and then just starting to break into the United States. So I feel like the the main thing that changed up is just like, we went from this, like this little, I guess like underground and like an underdog type thing. And now I think that the, the place that the band is at is like, we're, we went from being like, Oh yeah. Like counterparts. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah, I, I know, I know those dudes like to being like, Oh yeah. Like they're actually worth, a damn like they can actually pull kids like they they you know their records do numbers they uh they've got it like kind of on lock and yeah like that to me is the most surprising part because you know obviously i never thought years ago when we were doing helen home like we we had no idea that that record was gonna was gonna break through for us and that was gonna be sort of like the one that you know that that took us to a, a much bigger level but just the fact that it's still going and it's still kind of climbing and there's still like a lot left to do as a band. I think, um, like it's, it's kind of like the whole thing's kind of overwhelming. Like it, it, so yeah, it's like you said, like it's weird admitting that the weirdest part about what's happened is that people really like us, but it is, you know what I mean? Like that's, (laughs) that's just how it is. Like that's, that's the, that's the truth is just, it's definitely, um, you know, it's, it's crazy. I don't know why there's, there's better bands that did it way before we ever did but the fact that people like it is that's the coolest, that's the coolest thing. And, you know, now when we put out records, like we have a bigger reach with the band, you know what I mean? Like the, the, like when we do something now, it's on such a larger scale than it was back in the day. You know what I mean? Like back then, like if we were doing something in the studio or, you know what I mean? Like, like no, you know, like lamb goat and like those kind of things, like they wouldn't really talk about it. It wouldn't be like, a, Oh shit. Like counterparts is recording. Right. Whoa. Like they're doing a record and now it's like a bigger deal. And it's like weird. You know what I mean? It's just weird that, um, as your fan base grows, I think everything else kind of balloons with it, you know, and, and you don't notice it because it's such a first for us anyway, it's such a gradual incline, but with, you know, uh, but yeah. And it's just, and it keeps going and you have to be mindful of that. You know, you have to be mindful of the fact that like when you're doing tours and your band's getting bigger and stuff like you have to, you know, there's it like, I mean, we're always going to be the joke band that like, like we're always cracking jokes and having fun. Like that's the main reason why we're here, obviously. But at a certain point, it's like, we can't really like do this stuff anymore. Like it's not like there is a level of professionalism that you have to keep, but we just don't really talk about it. Like we try to keep that off the side right. and just sort of let it be like, we're having fun. Like yeah, we don't play broken gear anymore. Cause that's not professional, but like, <laughs> we're not going to bore people and tell them that, you know, totally. But, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I think that like the, the main thing is just the, the growth of the band and, and the growth of, um, you know, whether it's like our, our audience in terms of how many people 
are familiar with us or how many people actually are fans of the band and what we're doing on tour in terms of numbers and stuff. Like it's all kind of, it, it's like an exponential growth. And I know we talked about that last time, just talking about how like the, the trajectory of the band has just been, it's been like a slight incline every time we do something. And, you know, over six years, you know, I'm definitely on a higher rung of the ladder than I, than we were back then. Um, there's still some climbing to go for sure, but, right. um, that's just kind of where we're at now. You know what I mean? We're, I think that it's, I, I don't know. It's great. I love it. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it, I, I just, I, I love that people care and yeah. people like us. Yeah. No, it's, it's nice. And absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it. Well, I think the thing that I, you know, I always reflect on in, you know, watching, uh, my friends create art and, you know, certain people rise to certain levels is the, yeah. There is this level of like, like you were talking about the, the expectations that get thrust upon people, whether they ask for them or not is, and usually people don't, you know, it's like, I was listening to an interview with like, yeah. you know, Howard, yeah. Howard, Honestly, Stern. yeah, yeah. It's like, I was listening to an interview with Howard Stern and Conan O'Brien. And it's like, you know, here are people who are obviously like, you know, household names across the world. And they're talking about very similar feelings to what, you know, you just said of like the, oh yeah, well, like, you know, I, uh, once you reach a certain level, they're definitely, and it, and it's not like you can tell what that level is. It's not like, oh, now, yeah, because we have, you know, sold out a headlining US tour, now I can't joke around on Twitter as much or whatever. Like, you don't yeah. know. It's, exactly. You, you, have, you have no idea. The, and the only way to learn is to basically to like test it and sort of see, like test the waters, you know what I mean? And that's what I think that, I think a lot of the times, like a lot of people, they, they don't understand that and they get frustrated with it. And they're like, they get upset that they don't necessarily know what they're doing. And a lot of people want to be in control at all times. And they want everything to go the way that it's planned in their head. Luckily enough, like I think uh, most of us in the band anyway, we just have that sort of mindset of like, I don't know, like, we'll just see what happens. Like we'll just, you know, like, yeah, we're doing We like, we used to do this. Like we used to do this all the time. And we used to do like, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head and I can't, but you know what I mean? Just like things that we could, that we would do when we were a smaller band, like in terms of, you know, getting away with stuff like, uh, you know, like us and Shai Halu doing like a cover together and like these sort of things. And it's like, we still do that stuff, but it's not as much of like a, Oh, who cares? There's 20 kids in the room type thing anymore. Now it's like, you know, we're, but then, then it comes, it circles back around because it's almost funnier when there's more people, and you have this professional, like everybody expects you to be so professional. Like I thrive on that because I think it's so funny when we're not, right. you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm sure, I'm sure people like, they probably go to my Twitter and they, you know, like, let's say someone just heard the band for the first time and they're like, Oh, you know, like these lyrics are pretty serious and they deal with a lot of, you know, uh, depressing and, and miserable topics and, and all this stuff. Like, and then they go find my Twitter and they're like, this guy is tweeting about diapers. Like what's going on here. You know right. what I mean? Like, like this is this is the guy that wrote you know like the, like these words that like I related to so hard and then you've got him talking about like God knows what on Twitter he's talking about like Eiffel sixty five and posting videos of him drunk doing karaoke it's like what like this is the same dude but I think that to me like you can't beat that that's the funniest thing in the world you know like having people expect you to be this like super professional thing. And it's like, well, we are, but if you think I'm not going to like joke around on stage, like you're out of your mind, Like right. I'd rather not be in a band anymore. That's in between songs. Like that's Brenny's time. Like that's my time to, to do my little comedy show and make people laugh. And that's what I like to do. So I'm like, I'm not sacrificing that for anyone. Like, right. Right. If you want to see a serious band, 
go see a serious band that, you know, that can't crack a smile or tell a joke, but like, we're definitely not that, but we can't be all jokes anymore. Like now we have to actually care about like, you know, like back in the day, it'd be like, Oh, you spend, you know, $200 on fingerboards and stuff like that. And then now our accountant, like if I did that now, like our accountant would be like, (laughs) yo, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why did you buy $200 worth of custom fingerboards? I'm like, Oh, for fun. Right. It's like, well, I don't know if that's a business expense, man. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, you're, you're right. right. It's not a joke anymore. Shit. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> right. It's like, well, yeah, you learn. And I think this probably comes with age too, where you learn how Yo, to, totally. to modulate, you know, like you learn and not yeah, even so much like you're changing who you are. Cause like you said, the, the core components of, you know, the band and who you are as a person don't change drastically, but you know, you learn where it's like, oh yeah, like maybe I shouldn't speak for 15 minutes of a 45 minute set, like, or whatever, you know, it's like, you're like, oh, yeah, to- totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I'll course. speak for seven, but I'm not going to do 15 or whatever. Yeah. You'll, you just learn. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like you, you know, it's, it's like, it, it's like a, like a joke I see, I see on Twitter all the time. Um, you know, there's people like, they always make the joke about how, like, you know, you play a show and like the local band, like breaks down their gear on stage. Right. And it's like, right. I think at some point, like, 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 you know, like the local bands, like taking their symbols off the stands and like packing stuff up on stage. It's like, no, get it off. And, uh, and, you know, do that later, like get it off the stage now because the band has after you has to play. But that's like, that's a perfect example of like, we used to do that until we found out like, well, wait a minute. Like, that's not, wait, you're not supposed to do that. Like, you're just supposed to get off ASAP. Like, oh, now, you know, like now we know. And it's funny to think about all of those things that like you used to do, like, you know, doing a van, a tour in a, in a minivan, pulling a trailer and driving from Hamilton, Ontario to Halifax and back and not getting one oil change. It's like, whoa, like you would never do that in a million years now. But the only way you you learn is, for, is through experience and through like having your van literally stop working in the middle of a tour or, you know, or like having the band's tour manager scream at you being like, get off the fucking stage. Like we got to play. You know what I mean? Like you just, you learn those things through experience and, um, like you said, like you, you know, you modulate and as an adult, I think you're definitely better at handling that and taking that stuff head on than when you're a kid. Like when, you know, cause I can't speak for everyone on earth, but like when I was 16 and 17 and we were starting this band, like I was an idiot. <laughs> you know, what I mean? Like I didn't know yeah. anything. Right. And now I know a little and that's cool. You know, at least there's some growth there, but <laughs> right. no, totally. And I, I think it's also really interesting too, because the, um, not only do you take into consideration, you know, how, you know, you approach the band and how the band kind of exists within the ecosystem of, you know, punk and hardcore and stuff like that. But then something that no one can ever predict is the rise and fall uh, of the, not only just the popularity of a specific genre of music, but just like as this music scene becomes more and more, um, you know, for lack of a better term, mainstream where it's like, and that's something you're like, yeah. Oh, Oh wow. Like there's, you know, whatever, 17% more people coming to shows now than there was like a couple of years ago or whatever. And like, that's yeah, something course, that you're like, Oh, I don't, I like, I, you can't predict that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's like, how do you, how do you handle that? You know what I mean? Like, how do you handle, um, exactly like you said, like a, a band going or metalcore, let's say, I mean, metalcore has always had that, like that, like that close like, it's not quite mainstream, but it's like close enough. You know what I mean? Um, but it, like the way that things work now, it's like, you know, things just like they happen really quickly. And because of the internet and because of how like streaming and how quick it is to just like get your music out there, 
with or without a label too. Like people just do it themselves. Right. So you have all this, like all this stuff happening and, uh, how are you supposed to, how are you supposed to plan for that? Like, I, I remember like a good example, um, like, like you had Isaac from knock loose on, like on the show a while ago. And like that, that's a, that's a perfect example of like that band. Like they got, they blew up so fast that I remember they were like doing our tours and they were getting merch shipments and like selling out of merch in like two days. And they're like, we're out of shirts. And I'm like, yeah, your band's big. Like right. you have to order more shirts. And they're like, the bill's going to be like, you know, $25,000. And I'm like, yeah, but you're going to sell it all. So who cares? Like, what does it matter? Like, but you know, how do you, how do you like learn that? You know, like when you're, when you're a young kid and suddenly it's like the demand for your, your brand, your product, whatever you want to call it, your art, uh, it becomes, it, it exceeds your expectations. So you start thinking like, you know, like now, like for like take merch, for example, like when we do a tour back in the day, like our merch bills would be like $5,000 and we'd be like, what do we do if it doesn't sell? Like, does everyone have a thousand dollars just in case? And now when we put orders in, it's like, I tell cold cuts or whoever, I'm like, don't even, just don't even tell me until the end of the tour. Like, I don't want to, I don't even want to see the number, you know what I mean? Cause it's like in the thirties and 40,000 and stuff. And it's like, you know, throwing that at a band just, you know, it's like, okay, this is your third or fourth U S headliner. It's like, it's scary. Right. It's, it's like you start, you stop, it stops being like a reasonable amount and it starts being this overwhelming, like that's real people money, like $40,000. That's like real adult. That's a real adult figure. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that I, I always thought that that, like, that's a, you know, that's like a, a prime example of you, you really have no gauge. And then all of a sudden it happens and you have to, like you said, you have to modulate and you have to adapt and, and, you know, just deal with it. And when you're in a band, I feel like there's no, there's no warning. There's no like, Oh yeah. Like that'll be something we'll worry about eventually. Like the thought might pop up, but it rarely ever, you rarely ever think about it. Eventually it kind of just falls in your lap and you go like, Oh shit, what do we do? So right. yeah, you react I feel like it. that's, that's, you know, and that's kind of been, like bringing it full circle, like that's kind of been the last six years of the band. You know what I mean? Like we didn't, we didn't know, we didn't plan for it. And it's just kind of like learning how to do things like, like lights, you know what I mean? Like, like an example, I was talking about this the other day where like we did that tour with census fail. It was census fail us movements like Pacific. And I remember dog, like our manager being like, you should hire census fails light guy to do lights. And in my mind, I'm going like, what do you mean lights? Like we're going to pay someone to fucking (laughs) do lights. Like, like who cares? It's lights. Like who gives a shit? Like if the band's good, why would anybody care about the light show? And then I'm like, whatever, we'll do it. You know, cause dog, like dogs bugging me to do it. And I'm like, no, I want the money for us. Like I don't want to pay someone else. And he's like, well, take it out of my commission, whatever you pay him. So we had David Summers do our lights and it's like night and day. You know what I mean? Like suddenly, like I didn't, I didn't want to admit at the time that it adds so much to the live show and it's, almost a necessity when your band reaches a certain level, but like it kind of is, you know what I mean? And that's, it's crazy. Like, you know, back when we were playing floor shows to 20 people, you know, I never in a million years would have thought like someday we're going to be paying some dude, like, you know, hundreds of dollars a week, a thousand dollars a week, whatever to do lights. You never, that thought never pops into your head, but as your band gets bigger and stuff like these things just kind of show up, but like, that's a sound guy, you know, like we were always just like, yeah, we use the house guy. And then eventually we're like, like, I, I don't ever want to use like a house sound guy again, unless I know them and they're sick, but you know what I mean? Like just these things that you never think of 
in a million years when you just start playing music with your friends and then they become, you know, a, a reality you're sometimes too quick and you don't know how to, you don't understand what you're supposed to do in that situation. But right. you know, it is like, it is as much of a learning experience I think as like going to college and or having a job and dealing with real problems. It's like they present themselves. They're just, they're different. They're different from what your friend that has a degree had to deal with because yours is like, Oh, our band blew up and we're stranded in Staunton, Virginia. And you know, like, cause we hit a deer, like that type of thing. You know what I mean? Like you don't get to, that's not an everyday problem, but no. for us, unfortunately it is. Oh boy. Oh boy. It is Sonos. We have support for today's show by that beautiful, beautiful company that meticulously designs every speaker from the inside out. They have so many amazing products. And if you are a fan of sound, which you are listening to a music show, so of course you are a fan of sound, it is the best speaker you could possibly ever put in your house. Getting started is super easy. It's all wirelessly connected. You just plug in your speaker, open up the Sonos app, and connect all of your favorite streaming services. I use Spotify, so boom, Spotify is right there. You can play some amazing playlists. It's so easy. So you start with one speaker, and then you can connect more over time over Wi-Fi when you're ready. And plus, they have this amazing thing called True Play, where you basically walk around the room, and you tune the room to your speaker. It gives off these sounds, and I, yeah, I just, I'm amazed at these speakers. And I was really excited because I had a old Sonos speaker, I wanna say the Play 3 from, I don't know, maybe about five or six years ago, and then I recently got a Play 5, and was able to make them interact seamlessly. Got one set up in my son's room, got one set up downstairs in the living room, and it's beautiful. It all works seamlessly with one another. So you need to go to Sonos.com to learn more about these speakers, and honestly, change your life for the better, okay? Go to Sonos.com to learn more. I love you, Sonos, forever and ever. Now, on with the show. I, I think something interesting I want to pull on in what you're saying there is the, because um, I, I think most people that uh, look at bands and you know criticize them and look at them negatively is I think when a band tries to... Um, you know, kind of put the cart before the horse in regards to like, you know, whatever. I mean, this is an extreme example, but like, you know, you are, you know, you're playing chain reaction and you have like, you know, a wall of amps, you bring in, you know, like yeah, cold totally, plays lights. Totally. Like, and I think that's what, you know, yeah, when, when, of course. when you say lights, like that's time, that's sometimes where people's heads go, where you're just like, Oh, lights. Oh, a hundred percent. And that, that's, that's literally where my head went. Right. You know? yeah. And I, you know, and I'm like, dog is telling us, you got like, you know, you should pay this guy to do lights. And I'm like, Oh yeah, great. We're going to have this like stadium light show. And it's like, no dude, we're talking about like the house lights that are there. Like you're just going to have a guy program, like, or not even program, like play along. And like, he's going to take cues from the songs cause he learned all the songs and he's going to, you know, do the proper lights at the proper time. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that's cool. Right. Like having a blackout, like, Oh yeah. Like the song ends and the stage goes black. Like, you know, that makes sense to me, but yeah, like exactly like you said, like when you, when you tell someone like you need a light show, they, their, their mind goes to like what the 1975 has. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Like it's cute that that's where your brain goes, but if you don't have like a hundred grand to pay for that, like you're not getting it. Sorry. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but no, I, I definitely agree with you in terms of that's, I think that's like a, like, like you said, like putting the cart before the horse, like that's absolutely one of the biggest issues I think bands run into when they, when they're trying to make a living 
being in a band or even just trying to tour and be taken seriously and, and, you know, have, and at least be like a, a relevant band is a lot of them. Yeah. You know, like we've seen stuff where it's like, and I, like, I'm not even, I'm not trying to be rude and I'm not trying to say that like I were some like musical geniuses or whatever, but it's like, you know, bands are, they like, they, they can't play their instruments and they don't, they spend nothing on recording and it sounds rough, but then you see them live and they all have like perfect gear and, you know, rack cases and it's rich tour ready. And they've got like a crazy van and they have lights and stuff. And I'm just like, dude, write the songs first. Right. Like yeah. if you just, if you just write the, if you just write good music, all that stuff will come in time. You know what I mean? Like you're not, you're, I feel like people are just smarter nowadays. Like you're not going to fool, you're not going to fool anybody. Like, you know, like, like on the flip side, like a light show can add so much to a live show like it can, you know, it can, it can take it from, yeah, that band's pretty good live to this is the best live band I've ever seen. Absolutely. But it also works on the flip where if the band is terrible, you're just like, it's very obvious that you spent all your time making your lights and your stage present and, you know, buying matching outfits or God knows what you spent more time doing that than you did writing the songs and it shows. And I think that that's like, that's always my one thing that I tell kids who ask, you know, they're like, I want to do what you do. Like what, you know, we're like tour ready. We have all this stuff. And I always stop them and just say like, just have good songs, man. Like just, just go and go to a good spot and find a good producer and make a good album. And don't worry about your live show and stuff. And don't worry about road cases. Like our, like, you know, we tour last year, we were on tour for like eight months or something out of the year. And like, we don't have a road case on anything. You know what I mean? It's like maybe on the amps, but it's like the cabs, like they're beat up. They look to shit. It's like, dude, come on. Like your mind's in the wrong spot. But you know, it sometimes, uh, like you said, that's that, that a rude awakening has to fall into their laps before they take it seriously and address it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what can you do? Right. No, but, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> you know, kind of putting the, the, the focus on you, how, um, you know, I, I guess over the past couple of years, you know, how do you feel that you have, um, not even so much changed, but just like the, um, I mean, you know, removing all of the stuff that we were talking about before, cause you know, clearly those are, yeah. those are evolutions that you've also taken in your own life. Um, of course. Yeah. What, you know, like, do you feel like you are, I mean, everybody always changes, you know, hopefully for the better. Like, so what things I guess, do you feel that, uh, you know, you are doing better now than you did previously and what things I guess kind of on the flip side that you're like, man, I'm still, I'm still really struggling with this and I'm still trying to figure out how to kind of handle this uh, aspect of my life in some capacity. Sure. Sure. Um, I think that, I mean, I definitely think that like when we, when we talked before, like, I don't really think it's, it's like a secret. Like I, I went through a period in, you know, in like the early, or like, I guess like the, the late two thousands, like early 2010s, whatever, where it was just like the band was, you know, we were stuck in that, like, like I said, like, you know, we were stuck in that thing where we weren't, we weren't getting any bigger and it was really hard for us to gain momentum and, and, you know, prove ourselves to be like, you know, we would see it at the shows, we would see people coming out and we'd be like, well, why are we getting overlooked? Like, why are we getting bad offers for tours? Like, why are we getting offered a hundred dollars when we're bigger than all the other bands on the tour, like when, you know, we played shows with them, we've seen the walkouts and stuff like that. So I went through a period where I was just like, I don't want to say like mean, but I just dealt with everything from a very, like, I, like, I, I guess I was angry 
and I, and I didn't I, like, I just didn't understand how this world worked yet. Uh, like, and I'm, I'm sure I, I still don't, you know what I mean? Like there's a whole other aspect of the music industry that I'll probably never understand because I'm, cause I'm playing the music. But, um, I think like, yeah, for a while I, I was, you know, I was just so used to being, you know, having to fight for everything that we had that, I, I like, I think anytime anything would happen, I would just immediately go to, um, like anger. And I would immediately start like, you know, like, like ridiculing people and, and stuff. And I, I was, I think I was like pretty, I was like a bit of an ass, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I was like a bit of an asshole back in the day. Um, but I think it like, not that it makes it okay, but I think that it was because of the fact that I was just so used to having to fight for my life and in a sense of with my band. So when we would get tours or something and it would be like, Oh, you know, uh, like this other band got it or something like that. Or, you know, this band did this, or, you know, this band used to play under us and now they're bigger, like those sort of things. Like I would get kind of angry about it and just be like, well, you know, fuck, like why, when's it going to happen for us? And it would, it would really bum me out. But I think that the main thing now is like, and it's something that you learn with age is you just stop. Eventually you just kind of stop caring about, other people and you know it and you just sort of you worry about yourself more and i think when you once you start doing that it sort of opens your eyes to like you you know you like you take your you're you're less angry with other people or i guess you're more like empathetic in a way with others because they're probably doing the exact same thing you know like whereas back in the day like if i you know like if people would uh you know, we would do like hardcore tours or something and, you know, people in hardcore would like, they would make fun of us and be like, all oh, like counterparts on a hardcore band, whatever. Like that would really like, that would really upset me because I'd be like, well, yes, we are. Like, I think that we are like the way we conduct ourselves alone is, you know, all of our peers do this and we're on, we're in this other level that, you know, like we're just trying to have fun. Like, isn't that the whole point of it? And it used to really upset me. And then I would, you know, people would make fun of us and then I would make fun of them. And then, you know, we would have beef with these bands and stuff. And it was this whole thing. And now like what I just stopped caring because like, I'm like, I'm happy. You know what I mean? And I like, I'm sure it's because my band definitely got bigger. So I'm like, yeah, I can't like, you know, on the flip side, I'm like, yeah, well, they probably just don't get it. And then at the same, I'm equally on the level of like, well, I make a good living doing this. So I'm not really going to concern myself with the opinion of like a couple people that have never met me or, or whatever, you know what I mean? So I think that in like in that, I think I've definitely grown. I think the, the band, like, I think we've all kind of grown in, in that sense where it's just like, I think that we're just better people. I, I, I think that I'm, I've got, I'm like more in control than I, than I was. And like, especially of my emotions and things like that. And, um, at times, obviously sometimes you can't really help it. And, right. you know, but Hey, Hey, what can you do? Yeah. But I, I, I do think that, you know, as a, as a general human, I think I'm, I'm just better. Cause I think I, I think I just care more about other people and I'm more like, you know, I'm more concerned about just being the nice person now you know what i mean like i definitely you know like you hear like oh this person like like friend of a friend of a friend like is talking shit on you or whatever like they make fun of you or you see them making fun of you and it's like now i like back you know back when we talked six years ago i was the guy that was like well i'm gonna fight this till one of us are dead 
but now I'm, I take the stance of just like, nah, you know what? Like I'm going to meet them and I'm going to be really nice. And then they're going to feel stupid for, you know, for, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like, you know, like, like they're going to meet me and go, fuck. Like I, fuck, like I, you know, I, I wish he was an asshole so I can make fun of him, but he's actually like kind of fucking nice. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to like do that. So I, I try to take that route in all aspects of my life now, you know what I mean? Or like, I just want to be, you know, like, I don't know how to, how else to say it, but like, I just want everyone to, to like me, you know, <laughs> I, I want to have, I want everybody that I meet to be like, yeah, that guy rocks. Like I'm down. If he's ever around, like I'm down, I, you know, I don't, I don't want people to, to not, you know, to hate me or whatever. And it's just back in the day, like I didn't care. Cause I was like, I fooled myself into thinking I was fighting for this like greater good of like, well, if people think I'm an asshole, it's just because I care a lot about my, my band and my art and, you know, like, and I, and I have a lot of pride and now I'm just like, dude, I, I can't care about any of that. Like, I'm like, I just turned 28. I'm like, this is, you know, like when I was 20 years old, it's like, yeah, I'm acting like a fucking 20 year old. Like now I'm 28 and you know, all my friends are getting married and have houses and stuff. And I'm just like, well, I, I made fun of some kid on the internet today and I showed him <laughs> and, like got him to block me and I, and I won the fight. It's like, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. So I think that in, in that, in that aspect and just, you know, just trying to be a, a better person. And, you know, I like, I think, yeah, I think I'm, I'm more compassionate than I, than I was, you know, like you, you see, you see stuff like even years ago, like, like, I, like I remember like in metalcore and stuff, like even in terms of just like things that you wouldn't say and stuff. And like, you know, like, uh, like viewpoints, like they'd be jokes or whatever. Like I like take, for example, it'd be like, you know, like growing up in, in Hamilton and stuff, like you would see a lot of like, you know, it was like a very like misogynistic type scene and stuff. And back then I didn't think of it, but now as an adult and like, as we, as a, as a, you know, collective, like humanity get smarter, you know, you start to think like, well, it's kind of fucked up. Like that was ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like that's stupid. And, and, uh, you know, I like, I saw this thing on Twitter. Um, it was like, uh, Brian from Matthews, like his brother posting about like, he, cause he's like young. Right. And, and he was posting like, yeah, like all, all the kids at my school are, are homophobic or they're always making like gay jokes or something. And I'm like, dude, you know, he's like, it really bums me out. And I'm like, dude, like it sucks, but you have, you're in the best music scene that like you're in a, a scene that, that fights against that sort of thing. And, and, you know, you've got your brother and like, who is in, you know, who like can sh show you, you have multiple brothers that are all in it with you. Like you actually have a head up because you're not going to have this like embarrassing period of your life when you were like ignorant and dumb because you're learning right off the bat that like, you know, making jokes like that is, is ridiculous and wrong and it's offensive and it can hurt someone's feelings. So, um, you know, I, I think that that as a whole, like, you know, just, just growing up and, and learning to be a better and more compassionate person. I think that I, I think I've, I've succeeded and I'm sure I've got a lot to go, you know, I'm definitely not perfect. I'm still like a yeah. fucking dummy. For well, sure. Yeah. No, no, but, no. You know, that, that's, that's like, you know, that's like a prime example of like, you know, just when you're younger, you're just ignorant to, to things like you don't understand how the, how the world works. And I'm sure I never will, but that's a, you know, that's an example of, of just like something that I, you know, I see, I see people struggle with, you know, it's like, even in, in my group of friends, like people being like, yeah, like remember, remember like that band just, you know, like used to just say the craziest shit on stage and like, you can't say that anymore. And I'm like, yo, good. Because don't you want to be fucking nice? Like, don't you want to be nice to everybody? Like, don't you want to know that nothing you do 
uh, will offend somebody or hurt their feelings. Like it doesn't that make you feel good. And that's sort of where I'm trying to be with, with my life now is just, I want, like I said, I want everyone to, to like me. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be everybody's friend. Well, you're and more, I think you're, that you're I'm, more, I'm getting there, you know? Right. You're more, you're more conscious of that. And I think that the, you know, to your point, the, um, that, that, you know, unspoken competition that exists, um, when you start to, you know, play in a band of any level of success, like it doesn't, oh, matter, yeah. you know, if you're yeah. drawing 150 people, all of a sudden you feel like, like, Oh my gosh, totally. like, I can't even believe this. But the, uh, the, the notion that all of these things that are outside of your control, like, you know, to basically put it, you know, putting a nice bow on what you're saying, you can, can only control how you are reacting to situations and what you put out in the world. And I think of both course, of, of course, both of those things, to your point, are something that is really, really difficult to recognize when you are, and not even so much the age, but just kind of like that, that, you know, ecosystem that exists of just like, oh, we got to do this, we got to do that. And why does this thing happen? Like, you know, because you feel like everything. Yeah, of course, of course. You feel like yeah. everything is a affront on you, you know? You're like, oh gosh, this is yeah. an indictment on why we're not doing this. It's like, well, no, they just chose this yeah. because of this. It's like, oh, Oh, you're right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and like, that's, you know, that, and yeah, like I said, like that was definitely something that I, that I struggled with was just like, you know, being just like, you know, like the, the competition and stuff like that. And, and I think that like, I get I, maybe not even necessarily competition, but it would just be like, you know, like just, just like the fact that in my mind, I thought that like, I thought that we had to fight harder than everybody else for what we were given. Like, you know, we had to, we had to pay more for dinner and everybody else got to pay less like that sort of, that sort of vibe. And it really pissed me off. So a lot of, like, I spent a lot of my like early twenties just being really angry and like, you know, like I, I, and like not enjoying myself and I, you know, and I'm walking around with this, like, woe is me. Like, why do they get this like sort of attitude? And then finally one day I'm just like, dude, fuck it. Like, you know, I, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to do me. Like I'm going to, you know, I'm just, we're just going to do it and go and eventually things will happen. And I think they did, or they're at least starting to now. And, you know, and that's, that's just it. Like when you're, when I, you know, but basically to like, you know, I know I've went off on tangents with this question, but think like, I think the greatest, like the, you know, the, the most important thing that I've done or I've at least like changed in, in my life is just like going from being this, like being just ignorant and, you know, not, not understanding things. And now I think that I'm, I think I've at least got a, a little bit of a handle on what, on what's going on, like specifically in, in our realm, at least with the, like, the music scene and how things work and learning the politics of, of being in a, in a touring band and, you know, why, why band X got this tour because, you know, or, or, or why, uh, you know, why like, th- you know, this band got paid this much for this, you know, it's all, it's, it's kind of just like a, you know, if you, tr- if you concern yourself with that, you're never going to be happy because there's always going to be somebody that's, that's, you know, got that silver spoon in their mouth. And the only thing you can do is just, focus on your own art and stuff that hopefully you can control. Yeah, you, exactly. you will. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. Like if you can't control it, it's completely out of your, it's out of, you know, it, it's not even, it's not even necessarily worth worrying about as a, especially, I mean, at least in the sense of music, but, um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's something that I think that I've, I've, uh, I guess I'm, I'm proud of myself for, for recognizing and, and, and not being, uh, you know, not being like a, 
miserable shit anymore. Um, I mean, things I, and you know, and things I, I still struggle with for, like back then to this day is, I mean, like, you know, a lot of the, like the emotional stuff and, you know, mental health things. And I, like, I think those will probably just be a, they'll probably be a staple in my life for, you know, for the whole thing, uh, start to finish. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm at least like recognizing it now. Whereas, you know, like I, I even think of stuff before where it'd be like, Oh shit. Like I shouldn't even go to the doctor and try and get help because like, you know, I'm, I have to write the counterparts lyrics. Like, how am I going to write lyrics if I'm happy? You know what I mean? And I'm like, at least now, like I realize how ridiculous of a sentence that is now as an adult. And I'm like, I don't want to be the miserable guy. I don't want to be depressed anymore. I want to, I want to feel better. And, but yeah, just like, you know, taking steps and doing that. But those are sort of things that, you know, in a six year period, at least they're, they're not going to, I don't think they're like a much has changed. I think I'm a little bit better than I was, but, um, still a lot to, still a lot of stuff to, to do in that, in that regard. But yeah, that makes you sense. Know, I am, I am, I am working on it. You know, I'm, I'm trying my best. But. Yeah. That's no, that's great. Today in a world where everyone is confined to their homes, society begins its largest bin watch to date in the hallowed library of Hulu, or perhaps on a shelf of DVDs you haven't looked at in a decade is a show that perfectly encapsulates life in the early aughts and launched a friendship that would inspire millions. Hi, I'm Zach Braff. And I'm Donald Faison. In 2001, we starred in Scrubs, a sitcom that revealed a glimpse of what it was like to survive a medical internship. As Turk and JD, we explored guy love. Nearly 20 years later, a lot has changed. We're not supermen, but we're still best friends. Eh. Given the mandatory lockdown, there's no better time to relive the series that brought us together in the first place. And we're doing it with a podcast. That's right, people. We're going to bring friends and crew members and fellow cast members and writers. And and guess what? We're going to even invite some of you to call into the podcast and ask all the questions you want of the entire Sacred Heart staff. Join us for Fake Doctors, Real Friends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. This show is also brought to you by Pet Relief. So what is Pet Relief? They make all-natural USDA-certified organic CBD products for pets using full-spectrum CBD hemp oil that is grown and extracted in Colorado. I had heard about this. My stepfather is a veterinarian, so he is well-versed in a lot of these products. And they have a ton of stuff that is intended to help out a range of ailments such as hip and joint pain, inflammation, and situational anxiety, and more. They offer oils for both cats and dogs that are made with only two ingredients, full-spectrum CBD hemp oil and organic coconut oil. Their supplements are handmade and baked with human-grade organic ingredients that have been sourced from farms across the United States. Not to mention, all their products are third-party tested in an effort to be completely transparent. So they sent some of this stuff to me. I have I have an aging doggo. She is about 13, 14 years old. Her name's Callie. She's the best thing ever. But she, she has a lot of health ailments. And I was excited to try this out on her. And I have to say, first of all, she loves this stuff. She, you know, she just enjoys consuming it. But, uh, you know, she, she's getting around a little bit better now. And I am very, very grateful for Pet Relief for sending this stuff to me so I could try it out. So you need to go to PetRelief.com and enter the promo code WORDS to get 10% off your order. That's PetRelief, R-E-L-E-A-F.com, offer code WORDS. Okay? Try it out. It's helped out my doggo. I can imagine it can probably help out your doggo or cat. Please. Okay? 
now on with the show. Um, something I always found, you know, interesting too, when, um, the, you know, clearly the aesthetics of, uh, you know, the band and, you know, from merch and record design and all that sort of stuff, you know, yeah. borrow a lot, uh, of aesthetics from things that, you know, clearly don't exist in the hardcore world, whether it's like, you know, looking to the pop world or where, I mean, I hate that to use this word yeah. because it's such a generic word, but like, you know, streetwear, like <laughs> it's like, there's oh, all, of the, course, yeah, yeah there's all this stuff yeah. that you are borrowing and obviously putting into, you know, your art and your, the band and everything. Um, I, I'm, I'm presuming that it's serving two functions. One, obviously you like it and you like the aesthetic of that. So that's why you are, you know, yeah, of course, piecing of course. it together. Um, but yeah. then the second function is it clearly differentiates you from a lot of other bands that don't lean into that or don't have the idea to kind of put that together because it might not be their taste or whatever. Um, I guess, you know, which came before which, like, was it, you're like, Oh, this is like, I just really like this. So I want to do this. Um, or was it like, Oh, actually, you know what? Like we can lean into this more because it's going to make us different. Or, you know, is that just kind of, they both happened in tandem? Honestly, I, I would, I would say like, yeah, you know, they, they both kind of happened in tandem. Like once, once, uh, once we met Trey and he started, cause like, like I said, like the last podcast is like 2013. So, uh, we started, we took Trey, like Trey did his first tour with us in 2015. And so on that tour, like, him and I got along really well. And I mean, we, we got a lot, like I met him in 2013 on a tour that we did. We're selling merch for heart to heart. And we did the tour together. And I was like, you know, I like this guy a lot. He's cool. We're very like-minded. This is like a cool relationship that I, that I have. Like I, I, he's one of my good friends, but also, you know, I think that there's, you know, there's like a, a possibility for something, something business related here as well. So, you know, like we, when we, um, so he started touring with us. Like that was around the time that we, him and I started to take the aesthetic of the band, like very, very seriously. And it, it's been that way ever since. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think we've had somebody else make a merch design for, for the band in yeah. Five, uh, four or five years. I think it's been since like somebody else has, like, I mean, people can make them, but like we, we never print them. You know what I mean? Like we just do it all ourselves, but I think that moving to like borrowing stuff from like the, the pop world in terms of uh, you know, like things that we do and, and like the art direction for, for album art and stuff like that. Like, I feel like when you, when you look at figuring out you album cover, like if you had no idea what counterparts was or anything, like you go up to someone on the street and say, what does this band sound like? Like it doesn't even have the name on it. Right. And like, I, I, I imagine that they would say like, I don't know, like pop, kind of stuff probably like pop pop music and you're like yeah yeah about that <laughs> you know what i mean but but like um we you know and then the the merch having the like the streetwear elements to it is like we just train i just like that you know what i mean like I, I always say this but like my favorite current band is like the 1975 and they have been since like around 2013 so it's like you know i'm not like i i love like pop music and and i love just like good catchy pop stuff and trey and i both you know obviously we have like a like a passion for um like streetwear and, and design in a sense and like fashion as a whole and, and everything and i think that like when we decided to do everything like obviously we tested the waters and we we designed a couple shirts but they sold and i think a big reason why they sold is because kids were coming to the shows and being like, Oh, like, yeah, Brennan and Trey, like they, they actually designed this themselves. That's cool. Cause you know, they like it. 
but also, yeah, like doing that did sort of set us apart. Like, I mean, there, there's no, there's definitely no shortage of, of metalcore bands that have done like, you know, a Supreme rip. Sure. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, you could, you know, all you have to do is like open your eyes and you can see that like still to this day, even though it's dated as hell, like bands, bands still do it. And there's no, you know, there's no shortage of, of bands that have like a streetwear element to their, their merch, let's say, but I don't think that people are going into as much detail as like, let's say Trey and I do when we're designing a line, like, you know what I mean? Like we're like, we're straight up looking at like high end fashion and, and designing merch that's similar to like, to it, like, you know, as much as we can get away with, obviously, like we're not, you know, we can't, can't let the thing like fly too far off the handle, but, but, you know, like drawing inspiration from those things and, and drawing inspiration from past stuff, like, like nineties and, you know, eighties and, you know, and Trey, just reading a book on like, uh, you know, European design and being like, this is going to be the new counterpart shirt and being like, this is sick. And I think that, you know, at the, the exact point when we started doing that, because, because we liked it, it did set us apart from other bands. And I think that we just realized that like, okay, wow. Like we, like kids, kids like our, like our, like they, they like they have the same taste as us. So let's just give them, let's give it to them. You know what I mean? Like nothing, nothing makes me cringe harder than like thinking about those old, like, you know, fucking nine color, uh, warp tour band shirts with like the, you know, like a snowman puking up a rainbow. <laughs> rainbow yeah, unicorn, and, you know, right. and then there's like, yeah, there's like a reindeer and it's like, you know, smoking a, a blonde or something, you know what I mean? Like all that stuff. I'm just like, dude, that was, that, that was so bad. That was so bad back then. And like, it's, you know, it like didn't, it absolutely didn't age well. And I think that, I mean, band merch as a whole, didn't really like it doesn't really age well like you know except bought like you know except for the 90s stuff because that like you know like the vintage look is always going to be popular but you know when i even when i like when i see designs like when kids come to shows and they have a counterpart shirt that was printed in like 2013 or something like they got it with the with the current will carry us like uh pre-order i'm just like ew man like ah like why weren't why didn't we start designing stuff ourselves back then you know what i mean like i and i think it was just because we didn't know how you know and then trey literally taught himself photoshop and now he's a graphic designer and it's just like you know like he's watching tutorials sitting shotgun in the van just to be able to figure out how to make this counterpart shirt look a certain way and now he's you know doesn't even have time to like make a to do designs for us half the time because he's so busy doing stuff for like 90 other bands you know what i mean like so like i i think that it like you know like you said like it it was it was very tandem and it, it like it did like it they you know it was like it, they both just stemmed off and it went in two directions where it's like i think that people like them like there were some people that liked the merch because they were like they were just excited that we literally designed it so they buy it and they they know like your counterparts would wear this shit or like counterparts are literally wearing their own merch on stage right now and people are like oh you can't do that i'm like yeah i can't it looks sick what are you talking about? Like, I like it. Right. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, you don't like this shirt? Like you wouldn't wear it? Like, Oh, sorry. You know what I'm, you know what I mean? And, but also, um, because we were, we cared so much, like, I think it added an, a, like a cool element to it to where people like they did, did set us apart. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like if you, if you take the band name off of shirts, let's say, or like, you know, or even like you, you pull somebody who has no idea that, you know, it's like a warp tour, let's say, and you walk by 15 tents, 
like I feel like our merch it did when we did warp like it did look different than everybody else's you know what I mean and I'm and I'm stoked on that because how many you know what I mean like how many fucking like snowman throwing up shirts can you own you know what I mean like how many that gold foil shirts can you have like how many like you know it's the supreme font with the red with the red box logo but it says a band name like how many of those can you have before you're like yo this shit's like kind of tacky right so i think that it it definitely it like not only helped the band in terms of making us more money because people wanted to buy it but also it it helps set set like it helps set us apart and i think that now we are a band that's more or less known for our the aesthetic aspect of the band because it's extremely cohesive and it's all literally one guy doing all the aesthetic stuff. Like Trey is like, he's a member of the band basically. And his job is like visuals, like whether it's, you know, album covers, music videos, uh, art, like, you know, uh, the backdrop, the merch, you know, tour flyers, like he does everything, you know what I mean? And I think that we're easy to spot. Like that's going back to 1975. Like that's, you know, that's a big inspiration for me obviously because I, I feel like when you see them or you hear them, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like if you know who they are and you see uh, one of their shirt designs or their album cover and it doesn't necessarily have the band name on it, like you kind of have an idea of what it is. And that's all I've ever really wanted for the, for the band, you know, yeah. musically and, and visually, like, I just want, you know, I want to stand out and I've always wanted, like, I, I wasn't content with like, blending in and being like, yeah, counterparts, they sound like this, they do that or whatever. Like, yeah, they're like all the other bands in their like little wheelhouse, like a melodic hardcore metalcore, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just wasn't, I don't know. It's like, again, going back to like the stupid pride in me of being like, we are different. Like we're cool. Like we're, we're like everyone else. We're just like, we're, we're more cool, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and just wanting to, to sort of stand out and like leave our own imprint, I guess as a band. So that way when it is done, because it won't, you know what I mean? Like it's not going to last forever. And I'm more aware of that now than six years ago, but I want to at least be remembered as like a band that kind of did their own thing. You know, we did only what we wanted to do and never did what we didn't want to. And I want people, I want people to respect us for that, I guess. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of, I, I can think of no better, like, I guess legacy for the band than someone, you know, 20 years from now going like, yo, this band rocked. And like, they did everything themselves and they never got pushed around and they never like did a tour with like a bunch of bands that they didn't really like or whatever. Like they were just cool. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's all we wanted. We just wanted to have fun and <laughs> totally. stand out a little bit and put our own stamp on metalcore, melodic, whatever, fucking whatever the, whatever the genre police want to call it. You know, right. we wanted to put our own little little stamp and carve out a little spot for ourselves, more or less. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I, I, I mean, it, it, every band, uh, it doesn't matter what size you are. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they're, it, it's a brand, and like when you're able to like lean into that more and have, yeah. like you said, a, fo- yeah, totally. a focus on the visuals. It's it, it, it's only there's no way that that's going to hurt you. You know, <laughs> like I, of, of course, of course, and and like I don't get me wrong, I totally, I totally understand when bands are just like, I don't, I don't care. Like, you know, when they're like, Oh, we have to design merch for this tour. And they're just like, okay. Like some like to the manager, like, Hey, go get five designs now. 
like for the tour, like, Oh, like these are the designs you like. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Like, I totally understand that. Like not caring. Like I, I, you know, like I, I get it. I'm sure like, I'm sure there comes a time, you know, maybe eventually I'll be like, I'll, I'll get to that point, you know, and go, Oh, I don't, I don't give a shit. Just print the shirts and the kids will buy them. But you know, I like, I, I, I just like knowing that I have a hand in it, you know, that like, I, I totally get why bands aren't necessarily concerned or at least certain members are just like, I don't give a shit. Like I'm sure everybody else in, in counterparts is just like, they're never like, Oh, I like, I wonder if the merch spread is going to be good. They're probably, you know, or like, Oh, like, like maybe we'll do this. Like, they're probably just like, ah, cool. I don't have to worry about it. I just get to go to sleep and Brendan will, will do the, like Brendan and Trey will like Trey will just make the whole thing. Brendan will approve it. And I know it's going to be good. You know <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, right. that's sick, but I definitely like to be hands-on because I think that, you know, as much as I just want to see, I want to see kids that like our band wearing shit that I would wear personally, because I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. You get it. Like, you know, because the, the, merch, merch is so fickle and there's trends and you know like stuff comes and goes and it's popular for a minute and then it goes away and then it until it's vintage it you know you never speak of it again it's embarrassing but I just want people to have like cool shit you know I don't want to see people with like our first shirt with like the C in the in the olive branch like crest thing and I'm just like it makes me makes me sick now <laughs> just being like I would yeah. never print in, in a million years print that if a printing company was like, Hey, we printed a thousand of these. Do you want to sell them for a tour? I'd be like, no, go donate them to right. like Salvation Army or something. Like, I don't, I don't want them. Yeah. I don't want them anywhere near a fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah. but you don't have to worry about it's, that. It's, it's fine. <laughs> I'm good. I mean, I definitely don't think that, I don't think that there's a print print shop on the planet that wants to front a band any more money than they already do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's good. I don't think anyone's just like, Yo, you know, you know, what's sick. Like when we print all these shirts and we don't get paid for like a month, let's do that. Let's do that more. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, let, that, that's what, that's what puts yeah. somebody of us out of business in the first place. So yeah, let's keep doing that. <laughs> totally. Yeah. You know, that, you know, the reason why all of like our friends shops close down, like let's just run headfirst into that and yeah. see what happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> totally. Um, the, uh, the last thing I want to hit on was the, um, you know, kind of going back to what you're talking or what we briefly talked about with the, you know, clearly, you know, humorous self-deprecating nature of, you know, what you do on stage and uh, leaning into the, you know, I, I just, the sarcasm is, is, you know, it goes to new levels almost every time I see you in regards to just like, you know, I, I remember when we were, I mean, I know this isn't a, a new thing that you were doing, but like, I remember, you know, playing yep. sh- shows with, uh, you know, end and taken up in, uh, in Canada and you, you're just like, yep. you know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care if, you know, you move or not. Like, you know, we, we get paid no matter what, like just, you know, leaning, really, oh, of course, of course, leaning, absolutely yeah. leaning really into that. Um, <clears throat> and I'm sure because of that and because of, you know, I mean, there's so many people who have sang in bands have the kind of expectations of people that are like, oh, like, okay, clearly, you know, anytime fucked up plays, like Damien has to take his shirt off, you know, like, and every time oh, I watch, well, yeah, I watch counterparts play, Brendan is going to have to, you know, be, you know, sort of dickish on stage, but like, you know, in a fun way or whatever. Of course, of course, but in a, in a funny way. Yeah. Right. So do you, um, I get like, you know, does it, I mean, that is who you are as a person. So it's not like you're putting on this like different, you know, agenda of course, of or course. whatever, but like, does it yep. get, you know, in your head, does it get kind of like tiring where it's just like, well, if I don't feel like that tonight, like, you know, I don't have to do that. And not like people are giving you crap all day long about that, but you know, does that kind of sure, you know sure, jigger around in your head at all? 
Um, like, honestly, not, not so much because like I, I started that whole, like, you know, very transparent, like, you know, all like almost rude, but not really like, it's like, yeah, like technically what I'm telling you is, is a hundred percent fact, but I would appreciate it if you like, yes, we will get our guarantee whether or not you like, you can literally turn around and sit, like you can sit cross-legged with your back to me and like our guarantee isn't going to go up or down. So like in that sense, like, I guess I don't care, but you know, it's all coming from a place of like, I would like it if you went nuts, but if you don't, I'm not going to be mad because yeah, because we get, we already got paid. Like the guarantee was wired. Like, like what I'm saying is fact. So I never feel like I need to have like, uh, like I never feel like I, like the crowd is like, you know, really hungry for it and, and stuff. Like, like I, I know that they think it's like, you know, like when I say those things and I make those jokes and stuff, when I like just am, am me on stage, like I can get laughs out of the crowd and I, and I do like it. So, but the whole reason why I started doing that is because I got tired of like the expectation of having to go on stage, you know, and be like, yo, like, all right. Like if you guys don't move around now, like, you know, like all this shit and, and trying to be this like serious front man that I was just like, I'm just going to be normal. And that's going to vary. Like there's going to be some days where I'm like, you know, I got like, I'll tell the crowd, like, Hey, what up? Like I'm fucking sick as hell. Let's get this over with. You know what I mean? Or like, then there's days where I talk like so much between songs and there's other shows where I just don't feel like talking that much. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't really want to talk today. So we're just going to play songs now. You know what I mean? Or like, or playing the wedding singer behind us while we play and stuff. It's like, I'm the whole reason I'm doing it is because like, I, I don't want there to be an expectation. Like, I don't want it to be like, you know, you have your rehearsed banter every single night where it's like, you know, the bands on the tour, like know what you're going to say, like, Oh, at this part, he's going to thank us. And then they're going to do this and he's going to thank the other band. And then he's going to say, you know, this is the heaviest song ever and uh, shit. Like, you know, it's just like, I like to keep it, keep it random and, and just sort of go off of my vibe and how I'm feeling that day. So I don't feel like there's an expectation. What, what makes me like, I, and I'm sure that like, there's definitely kids that like, you know, they'll come to see, they'll come to see us play and they'll be like, well, you didn't call us like dumb or, or stupid or ugly or, you <laughs> yeah. know, or dumb motherfuckers today. Like, I wonder if he's in like a bad mood or something. Like, maybe he's, <laughs> maybe he's, maybe he's actually depressed today. And that's why he wasn't joking around. Right. And it's like, that, you know, like that, that concerns me more is like, I don't, you know, I don't want kids to, to, you know, think that I'm incapable or like, if, if I'm not being funny, I'm for sure like on the verge of a mental breakdown. Cause that's not it either. But you know, it's like, I, I feel like the, like that, it never, it never really bums me out. Um, I, I think like what, like what bums me out more is if I'm like, if I'm in a good mood or I'm happy and then people kind of give it to me being like, Oh, like, well, if you're happy, like the new counterparts record's going to suck. Or like someone like literally tweeted that at me yesterday and they were just like, uh, and they were, um, cause I, I posted something about how like I'm, I'm doing better and, and I'm happy and stuff. And someone responded being like, uh, like, Oh, like if you're happy, like what's it like, or like, you know, like, um, I don't know if I can buy a happy counterparts record. And I just responded back saying like, I'm going to make whatever I want and you will pay for it. And they're just like, yeah, you're right. And it's like, okay, cool. Like that almost makes me more mad. Cause I'm just like, yo, come on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, cool. Like, oh yeah, I'm in that spot where I don't get allowed. I'm not like, I'm not allowed to be happy now because I, I have to, I have to make the kids upset. So I definitely can't be happy. 
But, uh, but yeah, I think in terms of expectation, like it doesn't bug me because fortunately, like we're lucky enough to have done it like, and had this sort of mindset with the band and like, like having like this brand of counterparts, like the, the jokey, like, you know, serious, but like, Oh, is he being rude? No, no, he's just fucking around like that whole thing. Like we've been doing that forever. And fortunately it just kind of like latched on and now people know it, like they expect it, but like, it's not like a, if they don't get it, they're mad. It's just like, they, 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 they understand. Whereas back years ago, like if I would, if I would have said that on stage in like 2010, like people would be so mad. Oh, yeah. And like I did, <laughs> right. like, you know what I mean? Like I would, I would say those things and be like, yeah, like move around or don't like, I don't give a fuck what you do. Like who cares? And people would be like, this guy, this guy can't take anything seriously. Like this guy, Oh fuck. Like they're supposed to be serious. Like, why is he telling jokes? Like he's supposed to be, you know, I'm like, dude, what? You know what I mean? And we, we got that shit for so long that now I'm just finally happy that we just get to be like, we get to be our ourselves on it. Like I get, I, I, I'm very fortunate to be able to be myself on and off stage. Uh, and you know, I meet kids and they're just like, yeah, like you're, you're normal. Like you're a normal guy. And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. Like I just got lucky that I get to yell for a living. You know what I mean? Like that's the only difference between us. Like you can do it too. Like screaming is not hard. It's not, you know, just, just yell loud. I don't know. Like get a mic and you're good. But you know, but it's like, uh, I, we're fortunate to be able to have that. So I don't necessarily take it as like, I don't have to care what kids think anymore. Cause they're, I think they just like, they just like us cause it's real. You know, if I'm in a fucking bad mood and I'm on stage, like if we play a show now, let's say, and it's just like weird or it's, you know, terrible, or we're just like, like, let's say like the monitors are bad or like the stage crew is rough or something like, you know, I can be in a bad mood and then I can just be like, yeah, sorry. That took so long. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. And like, I get, I get to just be completely transparent. And then kids like they, almost like that more than if I were to be serious. Like, I feel like, like I said, if I'm serious now, people are like, Oh shit. He's, he's, he's upset. Yeah, this is weird. I wonder right? if maybe his, maybe his girlfriend broke up with him or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. uh, but yeah, we're, we're lucky. We're lucky to, to have that. And I think that that brand, like, you know, because like you, like you've met me, like I'm, I think I, I think I am the same person on and off stage. Like, I think that there's, there's no difference. The only difference is that I have a microphone in my hand during one of those. And, you know, and I think that's, that's sick. I don't want there to be this like weird cloud of like, you know, like I don't want people to, to come to our shows and be like, Oh, you know, and like hold us in like some higher regard because we're in like a band. I'm just like, dude, we're, up there noodling around and playing breakdowns, buddy. Like you're, I'm no cooler than you. I promise. Like yeah. maybe I'm funnier. Sure. But I'm definitely not like cooler in any way. Like you can come talk to me. I'm a normal guy. You know what I mean? I'm not going to I'm not gonna have, I'm not going to have my, my security guard kick your ass for trying to get a photo with me. Like, don't worry. I'm normal. <laughs> totally. Well, yeah, the, the, the risk with that becomes the, uh, you know, once a person buys into their ego, that's when it really, um, you know, that's the, honestly, when you kind of, in my mind, you cross the bridge between, you know, just being a, a person or, and then being a person who is bought into like who they are. Cause it's like, you know, whatever, looking at like, you know, <laughs> Andy Hurley and like all these people like who have obviously come from the hardcore scene and the DIY music scene, 
they're not, they're, they're yeah. not any different than who they were, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. Like, yeah, all the things that we were no, talking about no, previously, but like it, it, the moment that a person comes from our world buys into the ego, um, at a level that can be not corrected. That's when they've obviously crossed over and you're just like, Oh yeah, you're not, not a good person anymore. <laughs> For sure. And, and, you know, and, and I think that like, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think Andy, like Andy here is a, a great example of someone that I think that he like that guy, like if, if when I met him, if he was like a dick, I would be like, yeah, whatever. The guy was in fucking follow boy. Like, sure. He's a, he's a millionaire. Like, yeah, it'd be, I don't care that he's mean, but like, you know, you meet him. It's like, I, I literally met him when I rang his doorbell and was like, Hey, Stu Ross said we're allowed to sleep here tonight. And he's just like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll show you where like, yeah, welcome to my mansion. I'll show you where everything is. And here's where you guys sleep. And, and I'm just like, dude, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what I want. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be like that. Like, I want to be like, I just want to be cool forever and like, just be like a good, a good guy. And going back into like what we were talking about in terms of, you know, what I think I've done better with, you know, in myself and what I want to work on and continue to do better is like, I think that that's, that's like a real thing. You know what I mean? Like no matter how big the band gets, like I do just want to be like a normal fucking guy. Like I want to be able to just like take it with kids that like us. And, you know, obviously there's days where I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to merch today. Cause I'm like not in a good mood. So I don't really want to like meet anyone or whatever, but you know, but then uh, like, you know, like I said, like with Andy Hurley, like that guy could have been a fucking dick to me, but he was so nice. And it's just like, that puts shit in perspective where it's like, dude, guys like, got gold records or fucking platinum records on the wall, like has the nicest house. And like, he's all of his friends are living with him. Like that guy made it. And he's like taking care of his boys. I'm like, that's the coolest shit in the world. Like I want, yeah. I want to be that, you, you know what I mean? I'm like, that's, totally. that's, that's so success. Cool. Like, that how, is, that is know, success. Yeah. In a nutshell. That's true success because he's, he, you know, he, like he is the same, he's, he is the same guy. I, I think anyways, like he's the same dude that played, uh, drums and race trader or whatever, but he's just got millions of dollars now. So it's like, that's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Like all like, it's like, that's, that's cool. So, you know, and then you see him going from like doing follow boy tours and then he's playing with, um, like enabler and stuff like that. And like sect and like those things, like playing at like the Barbary in Philly and shit. And it's just like, yeah, cool. You played an arena a month ago and now you're playing a 200 cap venue. And like, you're not running around with a security guard. You don't have your own like private, fucking green room thing it's like you're just you're like you take it for what it is like you're just chilling yeah you're and a that's, hardcore kid. that's right. sick like i it's like yeah it's like you know like you you grew up and you didn't let anything sort of change that for you and and i and i love that and that's like a perfect example of you know if by some odd chance i'm awarded that much success or like success even like a half as much on that level like if i you know, if I could go in the future and if by chance I'm, I matter as much as him, or if I'm in a position like he is and I turn out to be a dick, like I would kick my own ass. Like I would beat the shit out of myself. Yeah. You'd be like, you, you know what you, I mean? You failed. I, it'd be like you. Yeah. Like you, you ruined it. Like, you know, you, you had one job and it was just to be nice to everybody and you fucked it up somehow. Like I hate your guts. And I'm going to Jim Carrey kick my own ass in the bathroom. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, that, I, now, now that you've said that, we all obviously can hold you accountable to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and please, and please do. That's, <laughs> that's, that's it. You know, like I, like there, you know, and you even get it. Like there's even times when it's like, like I was talking to our friend Austin uh, yesterday just about how like, you know, 
touring, like thinking about touring, uh, when we, when we first talked like 2013 and we're like just starting to really do tours and stuff, but it's like, I'm still sleeping on like strangers, hardwood floors with like dog shit next to me, you know? And then now I'm like, like there's days where we're on tour and it's like, you know, Oh, like, Oh, what do you like? What do you mean? They didn't get like, they couldn't get Jameson and we had to get this other brand of whiskey. And then it like clicks and I go like, uh Oh, like, Oh, hold on. Okay. Yeah. I, I got it. It's like, <laughs> okay, hang on. Like you got to take your belt off and like, you know, whip yourself in the ass and just go like, ah, ah, like you almost got, it almost happened. Like, you know what, you know what I mean? Like totally that sort of thing. So it's like, you know, but like to come back to the first thing we talked about in this, in this podcast is like things do change. And, you know, it's like, you do have to adapt and stuff. And like, sometimes like there's expectations that that will change and they'll kind of fall in your lap. And it's like, you know, you can, like, I think that like, I, like there's, there's times now where like, like I said, like if we show up to a venue and it's like all the, the fucking, the PA is blown. It's like now I think it's a little bit more understandable if we go like, Hey, are you going to fix this? Or like, should we just not play? Whereas back in the day, it'd be like, ah, whatever, fuck it. Like I'm doing vocals out of a, like a spare cab they have in the back. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Uh, totally. So it all, you know, it all like, it's about how you perceive it, but there's definitely times when I think that I, I don't think enough of us in like in our world, like sort of check ourselves anymore. You know what I mean? Like where, like I said, like that, that's an example of something that like literally probably happened on the last tour that we did where it'd be like, Oh, they don't have Jameson. Like, what do you mean they don't have Jameson? And then it just starts to click. Like, okay, you're getting a rider. Like, there's people here. Just maybe cool it and just take the other, take whatever they give you. But you know what I mean? It's like, unless it's Jack Daniels, then it's fine. Then you never have to touch it. But you know, <laughs> like, yeah, you're fine. That's that's a yeah. It's like that's a prime example of of something that you know. Oh, like I want my friends to hold me accountable, or at least you know, like my friend Kenny's good at that. Like if I if I say something or you know it's like in my mind like it's like i don't think i'm not being egotistical but he'll just you know just cut me up immediately right there and start yelling at me and being like oh brennan murphy oh yeah be the big man whatever and i'm just like fuck he's right all right i gotta i gotta reel this in i gotta relax yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. it's it's you know but i mean i'm lucky to have friends like that because you know yeah. i want to be i want to be just as cool if by chance i become a famous comedian or whatever Yep. I want to be the cool guy. Yeah. I want to be the guy that lets his friends live at the house. Yeah, you're. De- <laughs> well, we can only hope to aspire, but uh, I'm glad we were able to do That's this again, saying. dude. And thank you. Uh, thanks yeah, for being. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Thanks for thanks for putting up with me. I know I kind of no, go fine. off on tangents. <laughs> no, I don't know. We'll, we'll perfect. Like we're we're at the studio writing right now, and we'll have some like weird superfood stuff, and apparently it makes your brain better. So I took a, I swallowed a bunch of it today. So I think I'm just, uh, I'm in a rambling mood, but you know, my brain's firing. So you're wired. That's all that matters. That is all that matters. Uh, (laughs) Literally. That's it. I got my, I had a coffee. I had some weird green brain juice and now I'm ready to go. I'm I'm a scientist. I'm about to, about to cure some shit. I'm about to (laughs) fix the world today. So there was that rad chat. I hope that you enjoyed it. I, I really, I wasn't nervous about this conversation because I knew it was going to be fun and I was going to have a good time and Brendan was going to have a good time. But, um, to be able to go down the different roads and not have to, um, you know, kind of sort of build the, um, 
biographical picture of the person because you know if you want that you can go back in our archives and listen to i don't know episode 60 something i don't know you can easily find it but um yeah it was interesting to kind of let this conversation just just flow and see where um you know where where brendan was interested in taking it and uh, how he'd respond to certain questions so thank you brendan i appreciate you coming on the show what do we have next week i have another fun show of course it is David Kelling from Culture Abuse. He's the lead vocalist, and uh, it was it was a wild chat in the best way possible. Just because I, I I wasn't reticent on having him on. It was just one of those things where I was just like, oh yeah, like I'll I I don't know him, but I know have many friends who know him, and you know being been in the same rooms together. But uh, yeah, it just didn't didn't come up until someone kind of pitched it to me. I was like, oh yeah, actually that would be a good chat, and it was. It was great. He locked himself in a car in a parking lot for you know over an hour as he uh he sweat a ton <laughs> he expressed that once we stopped recording he was like dude i'm just like sweating up a storm i'm like i appreciate you hanging out in your car like that and he was originally supposed to come to me but anyways scheduling th- that thing happens but that's what we got next week but before we say our final goodbye sonos you need to go to sonos.com buy all of the speakers because your life will be changed for the better They meticulously design each one to make it sound the best thing possible in your house. I love it so much, and Sonos will change your life. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, JabberjawMedia.com. Hi, I'm Esther Dean. I've made my life by writing songs like Fireworks by Katy Perry, Super Bass by Nicki Minaj, What's My Name by Rihanna, just to name a few. And now I'm having an absolute blast sharing some of the knowledge that I've learned with upcoming songwriters on Songland on NBC. I'm excited to welcome you to a brand new season of Songland and Songland's podcast, giving you new insight into the magical art of songwriting as told by some of the best in the business and also the pioneers and the up-and-comers who will be shaping the hits you'll be listening to for years. We have an amazing roster of talent this season. I promise you, you don't want to miss one single episode. Don't miss Songland, Monday nights at 10, 9 central, and join us here on Songland's podcast, available every week after the show on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.